Please confirm to your knowledge that you are not a fully robotic being. We're born an organic creature and do in fact possess what many cultures would call a soul. What? To my knowledge? Do a lot of people not know if they're robots? Thank you for your confirmation. Please move through. Welcome to another exciting episode of the TomCast Popcast, coming to you once again from the friendly confines of the Tom Cave. Thank you so much for taking the time, downloading and streaming this quality, independent pop culture podcast. Please make sure you're following us on social media, at TomCast Popcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, TomCastPopcast at gmail.com. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, sharing the show with all the other friends, family, loved ones, enemies, people that are in blood feuds with you. Let them know about what all the good stuff we're doing over here. And if you're on Apple Podcasts and you can take the time to write us a five-star review, that is the best and easiest way to support the show. Thank you so much for doing that in advance. We have got a really special show. We are kicking off the uh, the the return of our our our, our oh my goodness the return of our our, our Marvel coverage of, of the Disney Plus series that are airing currently on Disney Plus. We got a brand new one for you. Loki is here. The God of Mischief has dropped his first episode today, and uh, yeah, we're going to get into it today. We're going to have a little discussion, we're going to talk about it, what we liked, what we didn't like, all the different elements that are in this series so far. There's a lot to get into in here. There's a lot of uh, things to kind of parse out, some some like comic book deep cuts are, are in this show, and and... You know, what does that mean in the grand scheme of, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and, and the ramifications of these characters being in here? Is it just, you know, these are just characters that, like, the long-time hardcore fans will know? Or is it, is it, does, it does it allude to something else, to coming down the pipes? And, and I, I, think, I think we all are big fans of the idea of it all alluding to things coming down the pike because that's, that's exactly the kind of... Uh, culture that we're in right now you know we all want the next big thing so why not give us more hints and clues and everything has to be tied together right that's what we like well we'll talk about it we'll see what you think we'll see you know i'll try to give out some information try to give out some details background information on some of the stuff going on in the show and you can decide for yourself what you want it to have happen and what it means to you all right let's get into it before oh whoa 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 hey before we get into it we do have to thank the official members of Pophead Nation. They are the ones that keep the lights on. They help keep this show running super, super smooth. They, uh, You can join up and become an official member at patreon.com forward slash TomCastPopCast. You can join the nation and gain access to all the sweet bonus content. Thank you to our current Patreons, the Aspen Hill Jody, the Batman of Bay Park, Jeff Nail. Jeff is the co-host of The Ring Air, a fantastic music podcast that I recommend very, very highly. Please check that out. Thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles. The evilest of all circles. That nah, wasn't there today. The voice just did not cooperate. The Squidmaster General, Mr. Brian Broussard, the New Jersey, De- the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer, and our very own Joker Hunty Quinn, Brian and Krista of Pariah Brewing Company, right here in San Diego, California. And of course, the Beer Hop Brigadier General, Jesus Beer Hops. Thank you all so much for being Patreons. It means the world to me. All right, now 
we can get into the show proper and review, uh, discuss, break down all the highs and lows that were episode one of Loki. So sit down, buckle up, hold on to your butts, and buckle up again. Here we go. What if I was a robot and I didn't know it? The machine would melt you from the inside out. Please move along, sir. Season one, episode one of Loki. This episode is directed by Kate Heron, written by Michael Waldron, who helped uh, create and develop the TV series. Our first episode is titled Glorious Purpose. All right, our brief episode description. Loki, the god of mischief, finds himself out of time and in an unusual place and forced against his godly disposition to cooperate with others. Well, the cooperation is a little later in the episode, but yeah, we, we'll get there, we'll get there, we'll get there. We have... This is a really uh, unique setup in this episode. You know, I, I'll be perfectly honest. I think my first, uh, my first kind of a, a set of ideas and, and theories when I sort of speculated about what the show was going to be uh, were a little bit different from what we got in this first episode. You know, it, it, the show picks up right where we last left this version of Loki, this iteration of Loki from 2012, the first Avengers movie. You know, we saw the scene play out. In Endgame, when the Avengers go back in time to get the Tesseract. Uh, and Loki, you know, gets bungled. Loki picks up the Tesseract and disappears. Off he goes, poof, to who knows where. And that's when Steven Iron Man, Steven uh, Tony, has to go and get the Tesseract from a different segment of the timeline. What I sort of wondered about, and what some of the trailers maybe led us to believe, is that, that Loki's been up to no good. You know, he's off gallivanting across the universe, the multiverse, uh, committing all kinds of crimes and atrocities and, and whatnot ever since he's made his his time away, his his escape from custody at that moment of the of the original Avengers movie of that that period of time, 2012. But that isn't the case. Our 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 god of mischief uh, launches himself across the world. We don't know what time he ends up landing in, but he, he lands in the Gobi Desert, uh, you know, in in Mongolia. A small tribe of people see him. Uh, the shot is sort of reminiscent of, of the first Iron Man movie when Tony escapes the cave in the Mach 1 uh, armor. Uh, it's it's an interesting scene. Again, we don't know what time what time period Loki's in. We're, you know, maybe it's 2012. Maybe not. We don't really get any kind of clarification on that. But no sooner does, does Loki pull himself up from the sand than, uh, than, than the TVA, the Time Variance Authority, arrives to put him into custody. Uh, so, so very, very quickly, Loki's brought in and in, in arrested, detained, whatever you want to use, whatever terminology you want to use. Uh, he gets into trouble, and 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 before he can before he can go go across the timeline and and wreck havoc and be the god of mischief. So that was kind of the, the, the first surprise was was how quickly the TVA jumps on him and brings him in. Uh, you know, we we have to talk about how this version of Loki, this is the 2012 Loki. So, you know, the Loki who just got beat up by Hulk and the Avengers helped bring the Avengers together for the first time. This is not the Loki that we that sort of grew with us through the expansion of the Marvel Universe. You know, no no Loki from Dark World, not the Loki from Ragnarok. None of those events uh, uh, have a, have changed this version of the character. So we're, we're kind of going back to a more uh, uh, hubristic. Loki, you know, much more, uh, what's the word I want to use for that? Uh, his his uh, emotions are much more raw at, at, at this beginning point here. He's still, still mad at Thor, still mad at the Avengers. You know, he just got pummeled. 
and, and, and now here he is in the custody of the Time Variance Authority, not knowing what the heck is going on. And it's interesting that Loki, a Norse god, is sort of our our uh, entry point character for this. You know, usually a lot of times you you're, you're the character you follow around in a, in, a, in a situation with the Time Variance uh, is is more human, more understandable, more relatable. But not no no no. This works for us. This works for Loki because Loki is just as confused as we are. Like, what the heck is going on with this Time Variance Authority? And yes, the Time Variance Authority is from the comics. They are from the comics. A lot of the characters that we see, including Owen Wilson's Mobius E. Mobius, from the comic books. Uh, in the comic books, Mobius E. Mobius was kind of the Time Variance Authority. All the various workers, employees of the Time Variance Authority all looked like Mobius E. Mobius. And that look is based on uh, the, the longtime uh, the legendary writer for Marvel Comics, Mark Grunewald, who is also like their, their sort of a continuity police, you know, to make sure, like, ah, ah, you can't do that because over here in Avengers we had this going on at that time, so you have to change the setting of this. That was kind of like Grunewald's thing. And, you know, continuity was, some, was, was sort of one of these things that developed in comic book fandom. Uh, as as the Marvel Universe grew, you know, as more and more books came out and more and more writers and artists came aboard and the stories became bigger and richer and deeper, you know, fans were reading these things all, you know, with the knowledge that they're interconnected in, in a sense because they all sh- occupy and share space in the same reality, in the same universe. Uh, but But early on, if you go back into like the early Marvel stuff, you'd see a lot of conflicting information as far as dates and details and things like that. Fandom sort of demanded continuity be put into place. Uh, fandom sort of demanded that these things ha- be 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 told in a way like we want our comic book stories, but they have to make sense to like what's going on over here and over here and over here. You can't contradict what happened by another writer at another time. Like those all things, those things all of all happened. So so fandom sort of sort of dictated comic book continuity or sort of demanded comic book continuity be put in place at Marvel and DC. You know, DC was, was even more egregious with all their crazy stuff because they had multiple Earths and all kinds of multiple things going on. And theirs, theirs was a real chore to wrangle in. And I think Roger and I have talked about that on previous episodes when, 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 when discussing Crisis on Infinite Earths. Marvel's always been a little bit more fluid with, with their situation, but they've always made it the effort to, at the very least, uh, tell a, you know, a, a story that has... Uh, appreciation for the other stories that came before it, you know, and obviously we know retconning's a thing, but let's not go down that rabbit hole necessarily. So, again, this is a show just full of all kinds of deep cuts for comic book fans, but I want to put it out there right now: you don't need to know all of them. It, it I, I don't think it's going to be that kind of show, and I definitely don't think it's going to uh, affect your enjoyment of the show just because you don't you don't know exactly who that judge character is from the comic books because I my, my sort of take right now is they may share a name but they may have very different uh, histories and maybe those histories will come into play at future dates but you don't need to know them right now you, you, you really don't and and if, the, if there's if there's listeners out there who are worried about that sort of thing don't 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 remember the Marvel Cinematic Universe is this wonderful place that you can walk into uh, and and other than the, than th- knowing the movies, you don't really need to know the source material all that well because they kind of got their own thing going on here in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But since I brought her up, I will mention that that judge character that we saw, she's played by uh, uh, Gugu Mbatha-Raw, plays Ravana Renslayer, a character from the comic books. 
She was sort of like this uh, intergalactic princess. I believe she's from the future as well. She would often hang around with Kang the Conqueror. Why that might be important, we have discussed that Kang the Conqueror will be making his Marvel Cinematic debut in the next Ant-Man movie, The Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, Quantumania, I think is the name of that that particular movie. So, you know, perhaps it'll be more to her story, like how maybe, maybe how she got to working for the Time Variance Authority. Or maybe not. Maybe it's just a coincidence. Uh, again, that's why I said, like, we don't know yet. So don't, don't, don't stress out about it. Like, maybe there's a connection there. Maybe there isn't. Let's just enjoy what we're getting. Let's see where we go. Remember, Loki's only, only going to be six episodes. Uh, so we're going to get a lot of stuff thrown at us, and, and that's good. But we're, we're going to have to parse it out. Over the, over the next six weeks. That's going to be kind of like the main thing we have to do here. And and I'm excited to do that because this show has got all the elements of things I like. Uh, uh, temporal hijinks, the god of mischief himself, Loki. Uh, uh, you, know, you got another bad guy. We're, we'll talk about the bad guy, who they're pursuing here in a minute. But I'm into that idea too. And uh, most importantly, and, and what I kind of glimpsed from the trailers, and I think we all kind of hoped would be the case, uh, you have a really fun, dynamic rapport between Tom Hiddleston's Loki and Owen Wilson's Mobius E. Mobius. I was I was I was delighted. I was tickled by the by the banter, by the rapport, by that that kind of quick chemistry that those actors have with one another uh, because I think that's going to be a really big element for this series. I also like that that uh Hiddleston uh, squares off pretty pretty uh, formidably against against Hunter B15 played by uh Wunmi Mosuku, uh who you may recognize from Lovecraft Country. Love seeing her in this show, but you know Loki has a little bit of an adversary within the TVA as well at this point, and and that's been fun to see too. And boy, does she make an entrance when she is the one who arrests and detains Loki uh, when he is in the Gobi Desert and he's attempting to kind of be Loki, you know? And she hits him with that with what I'm just going to call the boomstick, and 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 uh, you just see his face just vibrating from the blow. And she slows him down to like I think like she says like one sixteenth speed, but he feels everything in real time. So just immense pain on his face, the the reverberations of his cheeks from the blow. That was a really cool introduction to that character. So I really want to see what what comes new from B fifteen. Now the the question is is B fifteen going to be? Uh, will we pull back the veil and find out she is a comic book character? Is she a, sort of appears to be sort of an amalgamation of just like the timekeeper? Um, their their minimum soldiers, like, kind of like a beef version, but it's possible. It is possible she will have another comic book character uh, influence on her, but I don't really want to go down that road because I just don't know. But rather than not say, since I've already brought it up, it, it's possible she'd be revealed as a character called Justice Peace. Um, we'll, we'll see about that. She was kind of a... Again, it's another really deep cut from, from Marvel Comics. So I, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to go that direction just yet. But there it is. Maybe they'll go that route. Maybe they won't. So, again, this is a very dense first episode. And if I had one criticism uh, of much of that I've read about the series so far is that, you know, the professional critics out there on the professional websites and the professional podcasts, you know, Disney... Disney shared with them the first two episodes of the show. So I think they have a better feeling, uh, a, a better grasp of what, what the show really is after watching those two, first two episodes. You know, this is the same sort of thing that uh, that Marvel Disney did uh, for WandaVision, where, where critics got to see the first three episodes, which I think was very, very telling uh, for, for 
us normal audience members who don't have access to that sort of stuff. That it was going to take three episodes of WandaVision for us to get a good feel for what's going on, for the mysteries and the, and the depths of everything. And I, I feel like that that's what they're saying by giving the critics two episodes to watch initially. Is like that'll that'll give you a more rounded view of what the series is going to be. So we've just gotten a taste. This first episode is just kind of a taste to wet our whistles, and. We have a good idea of the picture, but we don't know the details within that picture just yet. And and again, I liked what I saw, though, so I don't mean that to be a criticism. This episode was a little bit slower paced than I thought. There was a ton more exposition than I thought there would be. You know, this sort of uh, breaking of Loki's character between, uh, uh, you know, with the conversations with E-Mobius, with Mobius E-Mobius, and uh, him, Mobius showing Loki sort of like the quote-unquote highlights of, of, of the greatest hits. I think he said, he said, highlights are greatest hits. Now I'm blanking. But you know the term I mean. You know, where he goes and shows them all those holographic images, things that we've seen from other movies. And then uh, we get treated to the revelation that in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, uh, Loki was in fact uh, D.B. Cooper, the man who uh, jumped out of an airplane with like 20 grand and disappeared mysteriously. Uh, apparently that was Loki all along. Now we have another song we can sing. Loki, it was Loki all along, and and there we go. That's perfect. So yeah, Loki's getting like a little bit of the "This Is Your Life" treatment from uh, from Mobius. Uh, but we need to back up just a tiny bit, tiny bit here because uh, we we for our first introduced to Mobius in in fifteen hundred France. There they go back in time. The TVA is at a crime scene. One of their teams has been killed fairly brutally in a church in France. And we sort of get our first clues uh, to who the killer is, who they are in search of, what's going on, who's this person who's going around from the timeline, going into different timelines and causing havoc. It's an interesting scene to introduce Mobius, uh, particularly the scene with the kid, and you have the stained glass window with the, you know, the devil. Let's not go down that road. There's no Mephisto talk. They've already dispelled that Kate Heron has come out and said no 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 that is mostly just a reference to what we now know at the end of the show the horns kind of give it away and I'll just say that because we haven't talked about our villain yet I don't know if I should I, I we've watched the episode I, I guess I don't need to like pull punches here I mean every, you know everyone knows at the end of this this thing Mobius Mobius is recruiting Loki to hunt down a variant of Loki there it is. We put it out on Front Street for you. The gasps from the audience, I can hear them now across the internet as I as I just spilled the beans on what's going on here. We will talk more in detail about uh, the, 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 the variant Loki that variant Loki will be chasing. Two variant Lokis chasing each other. Whatever. We're going to get into it. It's, it's going to be fun and complicated. I wanted to kind of play something from the TVA. Uh, I, I loved this little animated sequence where uh, uh, that kind of fills in some exposition for Loki, gives him some some background. Uh, I also like Loki's attitude in these early uh, this early portion of the, of the show. His sort of uh, he, he likes to use the word absurd a lot uh, when when describing what's going on around him. The absurdity of these timekeepers and the, the sacred timeline, all this stuff that just sort of rebuffs against him. Uh, not only, not simply because he, it's like, I would have heard of this. It's not quite that that arrogant on Loki's part, but it also is like antithesis to Loki. You know, Loki is the god of mischief. Loki is a, a creature who believes himself to be uh, not a puppet on a string, not walking a predetermined path, 
but a character who you know goes whichever way the wind blows in an unpredictable way. He is he is he is chaos, and chaos cannot be predicted, right? Well, the Time Variance Authority would seem to say, no, we know exactly everything Loki's going to do, and it's a-okay. And the only time he got in trouble with the TVA is when he stole the Tesseract and branched out. And Loki doesn't take well to that. He doesn't take kindly to that. Like I said, it, to, it, it affects him to his very nature. It's offensive to his very nature as an agent of chaos to be told that everything he's done and is doing has been determined and has been decided and is known. Uh, he doesn't like that very much. So I like his pushback against that. But I wanted to play a little bit of the clip from the Miss Minutes segment because it does seem to be hinting at something that may be coming down the pipe again from Marvel. So let's let's kind of check out this. I'm not. I don't think I'm going to play the whole thing because it's rather long. But I, I kind of want to play these opening thing, this opening portion of it here. So check this out. All right, you ready? Here we go. Long ago, there was a vast multiversal war. Countless unique timelines battled each other for supremacy, nearly resulting in the total destruction of, well, everything. But then the all-knowing timekeepers emerged, bringing peace by reorganizing the multiverse into a single timeline, the Sacred Timeline. Now, the timekeepers protect and preserve the proper flow of time for everyone and everything. Alright, so that opening portion of what I want to talk about there. Again, maybe a hint, maybe something to come in the Marvel Universe. It seems to be... This seems to be a very vague reference to the most recent iteration of The Secret Wars from Marvel Comics, where, where all the different universes of the Marvel Cinematic... Um, excuse me, of the Marvel Multiverse in the comic books came into collision with one another. And there was conflict, and universes and what realities were wiped out. And then eventually realities and stuff, like the surviving ones were able to be merged together with the help of like Doctor Doom and Reed Richards and all this other stuff. That sort of seems to be like what they're kind of pointing to, a new version of... Well, okay, listen. I'm way ahead of myself. <laughs> Because we have to get to the multiverse of madness first before all of that can be a thing. So we have this past event that seems reminiscent of a possibly a future event. This could be something that we're building towards in the next phases of the Marvel Universe, is the building towards the secret wars and the colliding of all realities. Uh, because what you're going to hear right now is the next segment. And by the way, I want to point out that uh, Miss Minutes is being voiced by uh, Tara Strong, who is a fantastic voice actress who's if you were to go on imdb and pull up her page you'll be like oh my gosh i know that character i know that character i know that character i know that character you you know her work so well so to see her uh, brought on board into the marvel cinematic universe is super super cool all right so let's play this next part this kind of explains what's going on with loki let's check this out but sometimes people like you veer off the path the timekeepers created we call those variants Maybe you started an uprising, or were just late for work. Whatever it was, stepping off your path created a nexus event, which left... Alright, nexus event. This is important, too. We've talked a little bit about nexus events uh, back in WandaVision. Uh, Wanda, a character described as a, a nexus being. Uh, we've talked about the nexus of all realities. Nexus is a keyword here. I think everyone needs to kind of pay attention to this. A nexus event, this is where the timeline branches. And this could be, again, something that, that factors in with Wanda, with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And this next section I'm going to play here is definitely indicating that. 
Left unchecked, could branch off into madness. Lead a multiverse of madness. Into another multiversal war. But don't worry, to make sure that doesn't happen, the Timekeepers created the TVA and all its incredible workers. All right, so yes, that's what I'm talking about. The multiverse, this almost seems like it's predicting the course of, of this next iteration of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The phases, the, the, the time that, you know, that we have the multiverse of madness. We know about all the multiverse stuff going on with Spider-Man. We know about the multiverse of madness for the Doctor Strange movie. We know that Kang is coming in Ant-Man. So is the Secret Wars coming again? Is the battle for the, the timeline coming again? It sounds like it's being laid out for us right here. Now let's kind of hear the, the TVA's mission statement. The TVA has stepped in to fix your mistake and set time back on its predetermined path. Now that your actions have left... All right, so that's what Loki's getting is, is in trouble for. That's what he's going to get uh, read the Riot Act for because he's been doing... He hasn't really done anything yet, though, but by being a variant, uh, he has messed with things enough that it is, um, you know, going to get him in trouble. <laughs> going to get him in a lot of trouble. All right, I also want to play this part where uh, Loki is going to pass, pass the buck here in front of the judge. Judge Ravana Renslayer. Here we go. Oh, really? And who should we have? I suspect the Avengers. You see, I only came into possession of the Tesseract because they traveled through time. No doubt in a last-ditch effort to stave off my ascent to God King. That's quite an accusation. Oh, believe me, you can smell the cologne of two Tony Starks. You speak of time criminals, it's they you should be after. Perhaps you could provide me with a task force and resources, and I could return and eliminate them for you. We're not here to talk about the Avengers. Oh, no? No. What they did was supposed to happen. You escaping was not. All right, so that's important, too. Uh, you know, a lot of discussion, a lot of uh, blogs and articles and, and podcasts have been dedicated to try attempting to explain the, the Avengers' adventures in time. Uh, and the, and in, this, in this one short sentence, we are told that it doesn't matter because the timekeepers allowed it to happen. They knew it was supposed to happen. It was supposed to happen. It was ordained to happen by the timekeepers. And again, I sort of like this whole tone that Loki has towards the timekeepers as if like this is a totally made up thing <laughs> and i just like that so much so i, w I really want to see if that pan plays out uh, as the show goes on that um we reveal that the timekeepers do exist or that they are in fact some kind of construct and and uh, a total fraud a total lie told by i don't know someone else who's pulling the strings in the situation uh, again there's a lot of potential here and and i can't wait to to get into it so eventually, Loki is going to be remanded into the custody of Mobius E. Mobius, who's going to share his his, his uh, situation. But he wants to interview Loki. He kind of wants to get, to get to get to know Loki, get to the heart of Loki, and all the things that Loki is about. And and you know, they they again they start to kind of like break down the Loki character. It's like like what does he want? Like what is his motivations, and why does he do what he does? And Again, this is where we start to see that that chemistry, that that dynamic, that dynamic rapport that Owen and Tom Hiddleston have. Uh, there's a lot of really good stuff in there. I don't want to break that down too much, into that too much, because there's a lot there. But there is one section that we have to play. Are you taking me somewhere to kill me? No, that's where you just were. I'm taking you someplace to talk. Well, I don't like to talk, but you do like to lie, which you just did, because we both know you love to talk. 
All right, we just had to play that because it was so much fun. So that leads into the, the, the getting to know Loki, kind of breaking him down, breaking his character down, trying to get a, Loki to understand himself better. You know, that's what Mobius is trying to help him do. You know, he asks him those questions about being king, you know, king of Midgard. Then what's next? What's next? What comes next? And, and kind of getting into the heart of the character. It isn't until Loki uh, gets up to Loki things, becomes uh, an agent of mischief and chaos in the TVA. He steals the little time wobbler thing uh, and, and, you know, gets a little bit of freedom. And he's going to go grab the Tesseract and he's going to get the heck out of there and go back to doing what Loki does. And this, there, there's a lot of great stuff in, in that sequence, and I, I think people should definitely pay attention to that. Uh, the part where he meets up with Casey to get the Tesseract back, and we see the drawer with all the, all the, all the different uh, uh, you know, Infinity Stones and multiple versions of, of the same Infinity Stones, and uh, obviously re- rendered inert and being treated as nothing, because you're in the TVA. And remember, actually, I don't think I said this, but when you're at the TVA headquarters, I mean, you're out of the time zone. You're out of your continuity. You're out of your universe. So powerful objects like the Infinity Stones have no power. Loki has no power. We saw that at, at the at the court scene where he tries to, you know, looks like he's trying to do like some kind of weird awkward chest bump. <laughs> no power when you're in the TVA. You are you're out of your universe essentially. You are in like almost like a pocket dimension. So uh, powerful objects in the Marvel Cinematic Universe like the Infinity Stones, just fancy jewelry, fancy uh, uh, paperweights as as they're being used for at the time variance authority. Uh, it's through this scene, Loki ends up finding himself back in, in Mobius's little room there with the hollow projector. And, you know, Mobius had shown him a lot of stuff that he knew. He showed him, but he also started to show him things that he didn't know, like like seeing his mother die, seeing uh, Freya's death, you know, and the way we saw how that, how that deeply had that affected Thor uh, in Endgame, uh, you know, the, the, the trauma of, of losing his mother. And we see that with Loki, too. And, and, you know, again, Mobius pointed out to him, it was Loki's directions that got her killed, and and the the sort of suffering that he brought on on to the family. And now you see Loki feel that feeling as well, and feel that 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 uh, you know he's forced to confront his decisions in a way that he hadn't been able to. And remember, this is a Loki who hasn't experienced these things yet, so it, it, we have to kind of get him to an emotional place a little bit sooner. Uh, but it's, it's again, it's when he's on his own that he goes further into the timeline. And it, it, it's the sort of comparison that I drew here was uh, he sort of gets scrooged, if you will, uh, because he starts to see all the moments with him and Thor and, and all the stuff in Ragnarok. And then obviously he gets to see what happens in Infinity War. He gets to see his own death. So he is he is scrooged. At this point, you see your death and that it can be a shocking, a jarring thing. It can uh, show you that the path you were on was not maybe the path you thought you were on. And it ultimately led to an early end. And I think that I think that shakes Loki. And then that's that's what we see on Hiddleston's face. A really strong, a really powerful performance. And it, it, it helps to shape what's going to come in the next episode, I think, because uh, Loki has to confront that and be honest with himself about why he's done the things he does and why he's doing he's why he's what well, he's done and why he does the things he <laughs> I can't say it right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's I'm going to play the clip here. I don't enjoy hurting people. 
I don't enjoy it. I do it because I have to, because I've had to. Okay, explain that to me. Because it's part of the illusion. It's the cruel, elaborate trick conjured by the weak to inspire fear. The desperate play for control. You do know yourself. Really interesting. I love that he's referring to himself. He points to himself and he says weak. I think that's, a, again, really an interesting aspect of his self-exploration. Though, you have to wonder. You have to wonder. This is Loki we're talking about. Is he pulling a con right now? We've seen him do this to Thor a thousand times. I cannot help but keep in the back of my mind, we're still talking about Loki here. Am I just being cynical? Am I being a doubter? Or has there been a real breakthrough? Did seeing his death at the hands of Thanos, did that jar something loose in him that, that he didn't understand before, that he couldn't perceive about himself before? You have to wonder. You have to explore that. And I, I like I like that uh, I like that we're do I like that we're trying I like that we're getting into it. Let's kind of play a little bit more of that scene out. A villain. That's not how I see it. You try to use that. This is oh, the tesseract right here. Even an infinity stone is useless here. TVA is formidable. That's been my experience. All right, here we go. I can't offer you salvation, but maybe I can offer you something better. Fugitive variants been killing our Minutemen. And you need the God of Mischief to help you stop them. That's right. Why me? The variant we're hunting is you. I beg your pardon. All right, so this is where we cut. We cut now to uh, Oklahoma in the 1850s, and we get to see variant, another variant Loki, disrupting the timeline, doing things to the Minutemen. And there's going to be a ton of information to get to in this. There's a ton to parse through in this. The question is, who is the variant Loki? And I think the strongest answer we have, and this is again another thing from the comic books, Lady Loki. What, who's Lady Loki? It's just a female version of Loki. It was a thing. It was a pretty badass version of the character. Uh, and that seems to be where we're headed with with this uh, series, with this episode. Now, where does, the, where does this variant Lo Loki come from? Again, we're going to get there. We're going to explore that. Is the multiverse of madness already happening and we don't even know it yet? You know, like how many alternate timelines are we talking about? Dimensional timelines, multiverse, you know, the multiverse thing comes into play. We want to know. We want to know what's happening here. How did this come to be? Uh, and and why is this Loki going after the TVA with such uh, uh, um, vigor? <laughs> vigor? I don't know if that's the word I wanted to use, but a, a, a very determined course of action against the TVA, moving through time to hurt and harm the TVA at the same time. Now, Loki, our Loki just said the TVA is quite formidable, you know, even Infinity Stones have no power there. That was something that I think also helped uh, Loki understand the, the gravity of his, his situation better. Like, these all-powerful, you know, idol, item, items, I almost said idols, <laughs> these all-powerful relics, if you will, uh, that, that we've seen 
you know, destroy planets and crush universes and wipe out half the population of the galaxy, uh, rendered to to paperweights. I think that also had a profound impact on the man. So you have to you have to wonder about that. Uh, again, like I said, female Loki, Lady Loki is a thing. There is a if you eagle-eyed viewers on one of the trailers were able to pull out a still shot of uh, Loki being defined as gender fluid. That's because Loki is gender fluid. Loki's been a woman. Loki's been a, a small child. Loki has been everything in between. He's been, uh, uh, he's been on a rooftop with Spider-Man to eat a hot dog. I mean, he's been everywhere. He's been everywhere. He's done everything. <laughs> he's that guy. So this is exciting. This is fun. I like the idea that Mobius has to recruit a Loki to catch a Loki and uh, stop a Loki. But the question that we have to ask ourselves is why is the variant Loki doing what the variant Loki is doing? And I'm excited to get there. So I, I hope everyone enjoyed the episode of the, of the show. Uh, again, we're only a season, or I'm sorry, we're only on episode one. There's a lot to kind of get to. The critics have already seen the second episode, so they know more about what this, what the shape of this, this uh, series is going to be. Are we going to hop through different timelines, different universes? Where are we going exactly with things? You know, the teaser showed us, uh, we saw President Loki. That was a thing. You know, we've, we've seen a lot of different versions of Loki in the timeline, in, the, in those teasers. But but how does that? What are the ramifications? How's that going to shake out? That's going to be the exciting thing to figure out. I can't wait. I really enjoyed this episode. Like I said, it was a slower paced one than I thought. Uh, my expectations again. Sometimes the first time you watch an episode, your expectations can kind of color what you're watching. I, I watched it at midnight. I liked it at midnight, but it wasn't the show I thought it was going to be. It wasn't the episode I thought it was going to be. And that is not meant to be a detriment to it. When I went back and watched it today, I I enjoyed it even more knowing kind of the beats that were coming and kind of getting myself more immersed into what this show is going to be and the way it's going to conduct itself. Again, we have six episodes of this. I'm really excited. Uh, hit me up with all your theories, all your ideas. You know how to get a hold of us at the show. It's at, it's, ooh, it is at, at TomCastPopCast on Twitter and Instagram. You can email me with the, with the biggest and best of your theories uh it's uh tomcastpopcast at gmail.com please don't hesitate to reach out uh this is gonna be a fun show to watch i'm really excited about this one we had a lot of fun with falcon and winter soldier we had a lot of fun with wandavision uh, i think loki has the potential to be the most fun especially if they start leaning into the the the, the again a multiverse approach time travel is going to be a lot of fun you know it, 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 this could be a real real blast and I think for the next six weeks, we're going to have a really, really good time with it. So let's get out of here. Let's wrap this one up. Again, reach out. You know where to do it. It's that social media. That's the best way. Tomcast Podcast, Twitter and Instagram, TomcastPopcast, gmail.com. We are on all your favorite podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Pandora, Audible, Amazon, and so many, many more. Please take the time. Leave us a five-star review. That is the best way to help support independent small podcasts like us. Get the word out about that, about us. Help defeat the algorithm. And spread the word about the show. You know, word, word of mouth too. I'm I'm old school that way. Just tell your friends, tell your family, tell your loved ones, tell that guy down the street who's looking for a new podcast to listen to to check us out. We are small, but we are mighty. If you want to help keep the lights on the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash TomcastPopcast. You can join the nation and gain access to the sweet bonus content. Thank you to the Aspen Hill Chody, the Batman of Bay Park, Jeff Nail, co-host of the Ringing Ear. Check it out. Great podcast there. Thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles. It was better that time. It's better that time. The Squidmaster General, Mr. Brian Broussard, the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer, our very own Joker and Harley Quinn, Brian and Krista of Pariah Brewing Company, right here in San Diego, and the Beer Hop Brigadier General, Jesus Beer Hops. Welcome aboard, everyone. Thanks for being here. 
Uh, if this is your first time listening to the TomCast podcast, thank you for coming on board, checking us out. Uh, go back. We have some fun episodes to listen to. We just did an amazing Indiana Jones episode for the 40th anniversary. Uh, we got all kinds of good stuff in our back catalog. Be sure to hit those up. Enjoy those. Uh, and go back and listen Go back and listen to our coverage of the Marvel Universe and see what you think. See what we got right. See what we got wrong. And, and uh, hopefully, hopefully we have a new friend today. That's all I can say about that. All right. Let's get out of here. This show this show has always been a lot of fun, and I can't wait to talk about uh, uh, Loki for the next six weeks. Maybe next week we'll invite a co-host back on. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. I, had, I mean, I, took, I talked for 40 minutes today on my own. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to everyone soon. Ciao, babes. So the Tribe drops its third straight on this trip, 6-1 to one to the Rangers. For the Indians, one run on, let's see, one hit. That's all we got, one goddamn hit. You can't say goddamn on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. We're not going to be fucking sunk this year. We're the Stanley Cup champ.